Welcome to episode number six of the Esports Review. Today we're going to be talking about building healthy gaming communities. I'm your host, Patrick. Don't really have much more to say about myself, but I do have something to say about the best beard in the business, Ben Sizemore. He's here with me today. Ben, how are you? I'm fantastic and tired. I'm, I've got enough energy for all of us, Woo. as I'm sure you <laughs> just, just like <laughs> blew it right into you. Got back. I like it. Ready, ready to rock and roll. Uh, ben, you sound beautiful. Is this your new mic that I'm hearing? Brand new microphone. Oh, uh, my God. Looking, looking hot. Very tight. <laughs> <laughs> like a tiger. Like a tiger. Very dark. I can't. I can't actually do like the the accent well. And with us today is our guest. He's lovely. He's beautiful. He happens to be. And this is this is what I have written down for you today, David. The esports yogi. What do you think? Oh, wow. Because you're the purveyor of, of esports meditation. You know, you talk about oh, yeah. different meditations and esports. You have these these long thoughts, and I figured, hey, he's the esports yogi. So how do you like your new title? Um, I like it. I, actually, that's that's kind of interesting, and it gives me some ideas for future logos, maybe even. So <laughs> there you go. Well, how are you, David? I'm very good. Very good. Uh, wide awake. Have that five-hour energy and everything, but very good. What are your thoughts on five-hour energy? Do you, does, does your heart like palpitate after you you have that, or is it? Do you no, feel I'm, like you've got to study. I'm one of those rare individuals that it takes a lot of caffeine for me to have the shakes and the palpitation. Um, you know, best example is back when I had to work two jobs took an energy pill and I would take two a day because I was working, you know, 16 hours a day and I gave one to my manager because she was tired and like she couldn't hold her hand still or anything. Like it was hilarious, but I was almost falling asleep with those pills. So <laughs> I like it though. It, it helps in a pinch. I guess you really are the esports yogi then. You're so calm that even the <laughs> caffeine pills can't, can't shake you out of it. You know, you're constantly in the moment. I, I can I see it already. So we had a good pre-show conversation. You know, we're kind of setting yeah. the stage for this this wonderful topic that we're going to be discussing today. Uh, you know, about kind of the art of building positive gaming communities. Uh, make sure to follow us. Follow us at Esports Maybe. Uh, we're on EsportsMaybe.com. Uh, check us on the on the YouTube's on the on the the Reddits on the whatever other social platforms it is that you enjoy. Um, we're going to be on SoundCloud, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera, with this podcast. Oh yeah. Uh, and well. Today is an interesting little breakdown of different positive communities that we could find examples of. Uh, in my research, the most prominent and the one that I kind of didn't put in here was schools. So people discussing how to build positive learning environments for students. But related to video games, there are quite a few presentations. Some of them are available on Gama Sutra, on GDC. But these different discussions, really it seems like one of the primary things that they're focused on here uh, is actually community building. So when you're building a community, what does this take to build a community? Typically you need a manager, right? So somebody to be in charge of that community. If you look to a game like Destiny, you've got uh, the, the, the Deej master over there. Uh, if you look to League of Legends, you've got a, quite a few different representatives of, of the community. Um, and I'm sure you, know, you can point to different communities and different heroes of, of each of those. But really this has been around since uh, the MMORPG days. And you know, community management is no, is no new thing, but in this context, I think what we're really talking about is rather than just the art of community management, the, the, the focus is building positivity in these communities and how to do that. Uh, I, I, in, in, my, in my research, found everything from, from tribes, uh, from Seth Godin, which I'm sure we'll get into. Uh, there's a really great video from him, um, from his TED Talk, where he argues that the internet has ended mass marketing and revived a human social unit from the distant past, tribes. It's founded on shared ideals and values. Uh, tribes give ordinary people the power to lead and make big change. So 
then we're going to hop into the, the guardian angel of esports. So we're going to talk about, well, who, who on earth could do this for esports and, and some other examples of, of people in other spaces that have, have potentially done this for, for different social groups. Uh, I'm going to ask my, my beautiful men here if, if, if they have any other examples for me. Uh, so we can, we can you know, not just use one person and one example because I'm sure somebody's going to get pissed off about that. Uh, and from there, we're going to hop into how to actually build a healthy esports community. So get a little bit more granular, granular related to esports specifically uh, and, and use a presentation from, uh, man, just I think one of, one of the best GDC Vault presentations that I have personally watched. I spent quite a bit of time digging through that, that GDC Vault because I don't have the money to go to the, the conferences, but I do have the money to pay for internet and you watch all their videos. So we're going to get into that, and then we're going to throw, throw the conversation to David and Ben and let them kind of jibber-jabber back and forth and, and, and make me shut up so that I can sit and actually listen and um, not just sit here and spastically spew words all over your face. So anyway, David, where would you like to start in this giant, beautiful tapestry that I've woven for you? Woven for you? I guess I'd kind of want to let people know the, the comparison of where we were 10 years ago when esports really started to take off in competitive gaming circuits and how much easier it is now to start and grow a community because of all the tools that are available now and like you know for instance back in 2005 when we were excited to get an energy drink I apologize for the phone that's all right do you have like a regular phone is that like an yeah, actual I have a house phone? phone it's amazing I'm old school <laughs> so I haven't yeah. seen a landline like except for my parents and so yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> so wow. everyone, for, for so those yeah, of you out so there that on. don't know, that's a landline. That's <laughs> a phone that rings in your home. It's connected with wires to your house. It's not. It's not a wireless cell phone like we're used. To. Anyway, sorry. So David, you you were. I think you're going to tell us a little bit about your history. No. Yeah, you guys can still hear me, right? Hell yeah, yeah man. Okay. All right. Um, sorry about that. I kind don't of you apologize. <laughs> Good. You know, I think about when we were building our community back in, you know, we started in 2002. What community? Tell us. Um, it was a Unreal Tournament community for a mod called the Zark mod. And uh, it's called Fragged Nation. And it's still around today, and it, it's a very large community now. But when we first started, like, it was just a few of us who played on certain servers. And the only reason it grew into a community is because the founder put up the money to have a forum, you know. And eventually it grew to over 8,000 people and we started getting sponsors and ladders and tournaments and everything like that. And it was very exciting, but it also took the initiative and the money of, you know, a few individuals to actually get the websites, pay for the dedicated servers, you know, and, and do all that initial investment. And honestly, the only funding they had was donations from us in the community until they started getting sponsors. But like nowadays, you can build a free website, there's Twitch, there's YouTube, there's all these amazing tools out there that are already existing that like, you know, if we had back then, our community would have grown even larger than it, than it did at that time because it was it's so much easier nowadays to do the, the basics with social media and YouTube and Twitch and creating a website and ladders and all that stuff. It, it's a lot easier nowadays to grow that, uh, that community. I mean, you know, like you're saying, because of the tools that are available, right? Yeah. Like that's, and I yeah, think there's, that's there's way more channels for people to connect uh, on these shared interests of theirs. I guess would be uh, the the thing to do. Because I mean, we, when you look at it from like from our like background, Patrick, uh, we started out on the MLG Pro forums in mm -hmm. Call of Duty, you know, and uh, 
we didn't really have. Well, was Reddit around? I don't think Reddit was around. Reddit was around, but nobody was using Reddit for really for for that type of discussion. I think Reddit yeah. was predominantly for like memes or League of Legends was 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 hot on Reddit. Yeah. I remember Diablo three. I could find builds on Reddit, but mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of um, yeah. So, I guess Diablo two. Yeah. So yeah. like the the community <laughs> outreach and stuff like that was uh, uh, kind of harder to 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 go about. And uh, luckily, I mean, I, like that that's how I met Patrick was was from the MLG forums. Just a there. nerdy little post. Yeah, look at the friends to play let's, Call of Duty. Look at friends. Let's play. <laughs> so, like, I mean, that's you know, that that's how it all started, and I, that's how you build communities. You can't be you can't be afraid to to reach out to other people with shared interests, and uh, hopefully something clicks and it, it takes off. And uh, obviously, competitive Call of Duty has taken off quite a bit and uh, is bringing in quite a bit of money now. And uh, Call of Duty year in year out is also one of the you know, most bought games on release every year uh, being put out. So, I mean, uh, they're, they're doing something right. The community's growing. And uh, you see that because of the smaller smaller things that people are trying to do to build their own communities within their communities, like these, these micro communities. And uh, I, I think that's, that's actually really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like our community is like a micro community, I suppose. You know, we've yeah. got like... The same type, kind of, you know, Zunit's always, he's been in chat for the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Sam will pop by, um, you know, last, I, I think, you know, it's it, what, three, week three we had uh, Ben on, week five we had Luke on. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I think this show is an example of yeah, yeah, the attempt of trying to create a, a you know, a, at, at this point, it's a very micro community, but, mm-hmm. but the, the idea is that we can grow from these tiny little grassroots to to more and more and more um, and we're not looking to take over the world we want to connect with other people that are authentically interested in this so that we're able to to feel free and open in our conversation right like yeah. if if i felt like i couldn't post on the mlg forums because somebody was going to you know say something awful to me and i was like kind of afraid of them like i'm not i'm not going to like do my best work you know what i mean but in in this context of saying well this guy really likes um he also really likes uh, StarCraft, and you know we're going to talk about StarCraft, and it's going to be this very uh, true, honest, open conversation that we're going to have where there's no fear involved. Uh, and I think communities allow for that, right? Like I, I always, always, and, and Ben and I, I harped on this with Ben yesterday, and I'll say it for a very brief amount of time, but the kind of funny community, the guys from IGN that left, Greg Miller and, and Colin, um, they, they left a, a massive company and built this tiny, tiny little thing uh, but they have this very passionate community, and I actually attended Kind of Funny Live, the first one, and I plan to attend the second one in San Francisco because the people that were there, I feel like, like I'm still in contact with these people. They're like pen pals. They're like like distant friends that you get to talk to on a regular basis and, and ask their opinions on things. And one kid, his his house was flooded, and he created a GoFundMe campaign, and people gave to that, and it was only internal to that community that they even know that his house was flooded, and they're giving his mom, this kid's mom, like you know, five thousand dollars to help her out. Wow. Small communities help help people right like yeah. if you if, if if david and i know each other on a personal level and he knows that like my dog just recently jumped the fence and i had to go chase him down you know then he has more empathy for me and my situation right we're, we're connecting in this deep way and then we can talk about other things authentically so i mean like join our community so that we can talk to people and be real and loving and authentic about esports and i'll connect about esports because like why else why the hell else are we here right like this is David, please tell your story as to why you've started making videos because I think I think it's a really good example as to you know you're getting involved because well, of something, right? And, and now it's yeah. led to this. You know, it's it's 
it's one of those things where I started watching esports, you know, a few years ago because of my old passion in in actually competing and managing that community. And it's interesting, you know, because you know, like I I would talk my dad's ear off and a few of my friends' ear offs about the different esports and be like, oh my god, the League of Legends tournament, you know, had 21 million viewers this year and the prize pool is a million dollars. And then the Dota tournament and the CS:GO tournament and all these things kept happening. Um, and I kept talking everyone's ears off that um, I actually got challenged to just uh, stop talking their ears off and start producing content. So I upgraded my PC, and, and that's what I'm doing now because, you know, it's like I think of, you know, we were talking earlier about there's a lot of YouTube videos and there's a lot of content out there that doesn't actually, that just regurgitates other information and doesn't necessarily give an opinion or give accurate information going forward. And that's kind of what I want to do with my content is I want to take big concepts in the scene and or in even niche concepts and dive into them and give my opinion about them because, you know, I, I think different opinions are great and I have one. And so why not share it with people? Because, you know, I do my research and I, I try to make an educated opinion as I can. And it shows, I mean, like in your videos, it shows that this is unique thought that you are, you're not... You're not regurgitating Reddit. You're not regurgitating Thorin. And, you know, you would talk to me. You're like, I like Thorin. But I can see in your stuff, like, you're not, you're not being swayed by that opinion. It may inform you and you may – it's like you're eating the meat and spitting out the bones, right? Like, you take the yeah. stuff that's good and you leave the other shit behind. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's what the esports community needs more of is, is more filters, right? Like, you're effectively a filter for those of us that don't want to listen to the bullshit. We, we've, yes, we've been on Reddit. We've seen what the top posts are. Now we want to hear – Kind of just a, a nice objective viewpoint or a well-researched viewpoint. It, it, I guess everything is, a, is, is subjective, right? Like you're doing the research, yeah. you're deciding what things go in here and what <laughs> don't. But like at the same time, I think by delivering a nice discussion piece rather than just kind of hyping up what's happening on Reddit or, you know, the last big thing of, you know, James Harding gets kicked off the Shanghai major. It's like, let's make a video about that. It's like, no, like I think people... People can figure that out. Maybe we should make a video about you know discussing the implications for Valve in the future for you know doing this, and then and then it's, it's a research discussion piece versus some hot ticket news item. So I mean, yeah. do you do you see? Um, all right, gents, let's pull this in. Do you see what what type of what what things would would this savior of esports need to do? Like if if you were to have a a guardian angel of esports, kind of like I wrote the, in the article there. The dark night of esports. Hold on. So wait, Ben, is Nightbot <laughs> dead? Is that what you said? Yeah, Nightbot has passed away. Why would he die? Uh, I don't know. The the actual site itself is down right now. That's a sad. Oh wait. Yeah. Uh, wow. Oh, actually, I'm not gonna talk about. It. Anyway, okay. that's sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in the article that I just posted into chat. Uh, there is a quick little discussion about a man named Cesar Chavez, and a lot of people don't like him, and I understand why. You know, some people are anti-union, whatever it may be. Some people really, really like him, like most of Mexico and the market farmers from there. But um, his quote that kind of inspired me connecting him to this whole thing, we cannot seek achievement for ourselves and forget about progress and prosperity for our community. Our ambitions must be broad enough to include the aspirations and needs of others for their sakes and for our own. Um, and then you know, just kind of connecting that. If you don't know who Cesar Chavez is, Chavez's decision to walk away from a secure job as a community organizer was one of the many brave and fateful moves he made in his short life. But the most significant was his resolution to create what seemed almost impossible, a labor union for farm workers. So, discussion. 
What impossible resolution could be contributed by a single member of the esports community? Like, what could our esports Jesus do? What could the esports guardian angel do, or the Dark Knight, whatever you want to call them? Esports like, what... Jesus would be such a good like username. <laughs> go, go claim it right now. Somebody else is going to get it real fast. Someone uh, do that Twitter handle. Yeah. Like, you know, what what brave and fateful moves could one person make to to lead the change for the esports scene as a whole? Or is it worth? Is it not worth discussing the esports scene as a whole because everything is specific games and and it would have to be internal. To to a specific game, um, so you know uh, where are limitations, and and I mean I, I think this is actually an interesting thought piece. I'm going to end up diving too deep if I keep talking. So Dave, what do you think? <laughs> well, ironically, I actually think the esports scene is headed on a very good path as it is, and there are a lot of people in the scene that are that are providing that that contribution that we we want that esports Jesus to do, you know. But what we need is we need to start expanding the overall audience in the esports scene. Like I think of what the NFL did over the last decade with, you know, working retooling their commercials and their promotions and stuff like that to get more female viewers. You know, um, to the point where those viewers who tuned in originally for the Super Bowl commercials now are actual football fans and they tune in every week to watch the games. And it's a huge demographic that they've approached and enticed. And I think if if there's an approach to grow the esports community and to build the community better, we need to to target those other demographics, you know, that have huge opinions and also huge, you know, pockets, and bring them into esports. You know, think about um, you guys talked about in your brain games episode uh, the League of Legends pl player, the first female. I forget her name. I apologize. Romelia. Romelia. Yeah. Jinx, you owe me a coke. Oh. <laughs> you know, Jinx, you owe me a jinx skin. That's a new joke right there. Sorry, sorry. Anyway, um, you know, she she unfortunately, you know, stepped down to the due to the stage fright of the peer pressures and everything, you know, which is unfortunate because you know she had she set a huge milestone for females in esports, you know, entering that you know predominantly male dominated scene mm -hmm. from a, the competitive player side, you know, I think. You know, from an advertising standpoint, from a promotional standpoint, you know, we need to to focus a lot more on the the demographics that aren't currently watching it. If we really want to make you know huge gains this year in not just awareness but also in viewers and the community. So you're saying that esports Jesus can't be a white 24 year old male? I think he can as long as he, you know, like it's like the difference between Budweiser commercials and Bud Light commercials. Uh, Budweiser commercials are the Clydesdale with the dogs. You don't even see beer in those commercials, and they reach out and kind of touch your heart. Versus the Bud Light commercials are partying and drinking and, and scantily clad people. So, and we need more of the Budweiser commercials. That makes sense. I, I like. I, yeah, so that's, that's actually a really good analogy. <laughs> ben, what do you think? Uh, or no, I, riffing I, off of David. <laughs> I agree. Um, the the smaller demographics need to be. Uh, like the, those strings need to be played. Uh, I, I agree with that, that uh, that is the way to build like a huge community. Uh, a good community is to uh, be all inclusive and everyone have their own opinion and to be able to um, really just like everyone have a voice within the community. And uh like we we started seeing that a little bit in the the professional league of legends with uh with Remy and everything like that and it was it was good while it lasted but uh, i don't know i th i think that like it's so hard to make an overall esports community 
just because of how different the games within esports are and mm -hmm. uh like how vast that umbrella of esports is because i mean as, as we were talking like before we went live um i mean you you have games that are like mature rated games like your your mortal combats and your fighting games and things like that and then you also have like things like splatoon which recently got some money for like a, a, an esports type tournament and uh it's so hard to combine those two communities because they're going to be very very different like very very different so so you're saying yeah. th like do they have to be combined in order in, to in be order saved yeah i don't i don't think it needs that i i don't think that th these these communities need to be uh combined i think they're fine as you know like a microcosm of the larger picture uh i mean I what is the larger picture other than esports being a conduit for free-to-play games to have yeah. higher player retention and higher sales at I the mean, end of the day esports I mean, is that's marketing pretty much what it is absolutely i mean that, that's what the like the esports term itself is like a trigger word you know, I mean, it's uh, it's less about a community and more of a branding, I think. And uh, I think so then that, how do we pull back from that? Like, uh, is it, I don't is, know it if you can. is it competitive that's, that's, gaming? Do we call it that? Is it word choice? I don't I don't know if you can. And I don't know if it's actually needed. That, that's that's the point I'm trying to make. Like, I think mm -hmm. that uh, as the the micro communities within like under this esports umbrella, uh, and, I mean, they, they, they kind of overlap. I mean, you see that a little bit with, like, League of Legends and Dota. Uh, sure. So, like, you see that with games that are similar in their genre. But as, as an overall, like, huge macro world community, I don't think that it's it's really needed. I, I, I don't – I mean, it would be nice. I, I just don't think that there is a – uh, you know, an esports Jesus to bring us all to the promised land of uh, one cohesive unit of esports community. So it's similar to like what the like most of the Mexican population thought about the potential yeah. of having a labor union for farm workers, which seemed totally unrealistic totally at the time. And yet, someone came along and self-sacrificed and did it. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's very it's possible. I just don't think it's probable. Right, and that's I mean I, I think that's yes, definitely fair to say that. But I, w I would argue it's already happening. Like, if you look at the esports subreddit, you don't have anyone saying terrible things there, right? Like, it's, it's adult conversation a majority of 95% of the time. And yeah. when there is derivative conversation, it's removed. Mm. The, the moderators are not active beyond fish sticks. I think the rest of them aren't even there anymore. Yeah, I think he said he was really the only one that's... Esports generalism as a concept exists, right? He's, he's talked about it. I believe that that the underlying interest of esports generalism could potentially be that that connecting thing because I it like could be. I am interested in Pokemon and League of Legends and Splatoon and Street Fighter Five and StarCraft and yeah. Hearthstone. I'm like it's and, all these DDR speedrunning. Like I like all of it in and, the in its see, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful circle of of that ecosystem. I am an esports generalist. Bowman is an esports journalist. You, Ben, are an esports journalist. Yes. We are building we this are community. The glue. We're the glue men. See, th this is the way that I, I look at it. And, like, it, it kind of didn't come out when I was first saying it, but. That's what she said. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <Close. laughs> kind of. But, uh, no, like. <laughs> with people like us and people in the esports subreddit uh, that consider themselves the esports journalists. And our fans and, like, 
parts of each of these communities under the esports umbrella. I think that we're, we're very important to the overall community of esports as a whole, if you can call it that, because we are the people that overlap. Uh, I mean, I, I'm a fan of League of Legends. I'm a fan of Dota. I'm a fan of Counter-Strike. I'm a fan of, you know, Call of Duty, Smite, all of it. Like, I, I just generally enjoy... Just to be clear, I am not a fan of Smite. That game's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am generally, like, interested and a fan... I'm kidding. ...and, totally like, kidding. take part in conversation on all of these games because I find them interesting. And in... It, that's great and I, I think that it, uh anyone that can do that is, is like that that's awesome and i think that there should be more people like that should be I, so how do we be. create them and then, so that's i mean i think that's and that's, that's the problem discussing here is it, how, it's, it's how do hard. we foster those types of people you know it's actually people don't like to change patrick that's <laughs> the, that's the problem like pe people are like as just like you know like to our core are generally narrow-minded Sure. And are set in our ways. And, like, you, you can't take someone from the League of Legends community that is all about League of Legends, only mm -hmm. plays League of Legends, doesn't play any other game, doesn't partake totally. in any other community, and you're just like, hey, watch this Dota tournament with, like, genuine interest mm -hmm. and, like, let yourself be, like, enveloped, just completely taken in by the international experience. And tell me that you don't enjoy that. You know what I mean? But they're going to see it. They're not going to know it. They're not going to understand. They're not going to want to learn because it's a new game. They've already put so much time into another game. And th that's the problem. Th but you can't force somebody problem. into something. That's no, the, you I can't. think that's where that's you, you said, take, take <laughs> them from League of Legends and put them in Dota. And I think it's, thing, it's, like, it's just a matter of... You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Like, I, you know why I was most excited that ESPN was getting into esports? Because they've already set the formula, a successful formula, for what we're talking about. You know, you, you compared League of Legends yeah. and Dota that are two similar games. Well, that's the same as pro basketball versus college basketball. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Sports Center. Dota people might know, take that yeah, offensively. Or one that. or the other may take yeah, that offensively. <laughs> but at the same time, like, you have fans who prefer both. Like, I absolutely, I'm not a huge fan of the NBA. I, re I respect it. But, mm -hmm. like, if I have a choice between a college basketball match and an NBA match, I'm going to watch the college, college. basketball. Yeah, and it's not because I think, you know, one is better than the other. It's because that's just my personal preference. Will, and so, I will go ahead you know, and tell I think you that one is better than the other. College <laughs> basketball is way better than professional basketball, and it's because it's pure. <clears throat> pure bread. Well, yes, there's no, there's no pure. money and, there's and no money. all that side. But, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, in order for esports to be sex successful, money is going to be involved. Oh yeah, you know. Absolutely. But That's think of like it's so new and it's growing that it, it requires. Yeah. I think when it gets to a place of, um, you know, like the NBA or the NFL or the you know MLB, MLS, whatever. Well, MLS is probably um, what, what's <laughs> ML something U, UEFA and uh, the other like big leagues and things like that. I think that of course FIDE, the, the the world the the federal international chess association whatever it's called. Oh yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, no, I mean like <laughs> of course with anything starting out it, it has to kind of I'm using this term very loosely and I, I don't really think that it has but it has to an extent sell out a little bit. I mean esports definitely has sold out quite a bit this past year. What but does sell out mean other than like 
become profitable and make money from from a thing. Like I mean, I'm so like sick when, of that. It's like look, it allows them to make better content. No, it's like when people complain saying. about like, like advertisers. It's, it's, it's like what are you doing? It's a hard it, it's a hard term to use, but I mean that, that's kind of what we've done. I mean when you look at like the old like outlaw days of uh, of yeah. esports, like with Scoots and Slasher and DJ Wheat and everything like that, when they were like doing back emo. when Idris threw that game. Like oh my yeah, god. Like, uh, yeah, like <laughs> so like. You know, when, and, when you and look some at it that people, way, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I think also sometimes the community gets overcritical about certain terms. Like you said, sell out. And in my opinion, it's not selling out. It's doing what you want to do as far as growing and developing the community, but also still on a level taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know, like the the phrase selfish comes to mind, and I think that's kind of BS to a degree because, you know, I think like in your regular career. You know, like you can take lateral moves to get more experience to build your resume to move up, you know, vertically in the company. But at some point, how long are you going to keep making lateral moves with no increase in your salary? Yeah. You know, you you, you still got to take care of yourself a a little bit. I'm selfish. I'm absolutely selfish, especially when it comes to my career. If I have an opportunity to advance my career and better myself, then I'm absolutely I'm going to take it. And that is something that we as humans inherently do i feel like i mean inherently we are selfish beings we you know we are all about ourselves um to an extent and i, I think, mean we're talking about like like a basically a psychological concept that is, yeah. is 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 tried and true like we are all selfish yeah. if if you act out of complete selfishness for yourself you actually end up benefiting the situation more yes. because ev- if everyone is doing that then it, it perpetuates right like there's no there's nothing wrong with doing something for you when it gets wrong is when it's malicious towards somebody else so Mm. if it's going to hurt someone and you're doing it despite of that that's that's when it becomes problematic but like if you're just going to make some money and you're going to continue to be able to make a video say thorin like he's not selling out because he's working with alpha draft he's selling out so that he can keep making really great content you know what i mean like think of it that way where it's like well do you want to keep watching his videos because i mean either you can pay him or he can get paid by alpha draft so that you know he doesn't have to like, worry about money when he's doing this. And of, you know, who is going to be the, the eSports Jesus, as we have dubbed him. Sure. Uh, you know, like, who is going to make that ultimate self-sacrifice and stop being, you know, the person that's looking out for themselves ultimately and looking out for the overall eSports community as a whole? And I've well, is it a who or is it what do they need to do? You know what I mean? Like, are, are, we, are we setting parameters and criteria for this person? Or is there a person that we could pick right now and be like, and you, sir, have been dubbed the esports, like, like the future esports Jesus. I don't Jesus. think there is a person that we could do Or woman. Yeah, that's why I said person. Uh, there you I, go. I don't think that there is Sensitive. You know, someone that we can, like, just appoint. Uh, I mean, we, we had the, um, the big player union conversation a while back uh, with, you know, Richard Lewis wanting to start that. And, th- I mean, that's a start. That, that's, that's a well, way. Well, Snoop Bay talked about it before that, right? Yeah. And I, it, 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 he, he said in that interview with Mark, a lot more complicated than you realize. Like, yeah, he was, like, through and through. Complicated. So, like, y- you see these people wanting to step up and take, you know, uh, and create these uh, community-based things. And that's great. But also, I mean, that was like a small, micro, you know, kind of community within the overall esports community. Because, I mean, I guarantee that he's not talking about professional, like, Gears of War players, which is a thing now, again. Right. 
Um, so I mean, I there's this know. large ecosystem. Yeah. ESL Not now one has person, a, I mean, uh, a professional Gears of War ladder, and it's pretty great. Envy Mexico is pretty big too. Cesar Chavez was able to do that. Yeah. I, I still argue that the impossible is achievable. I think that we need to figure out what criteria this individual would have, or what experience they have, or what like what type of person. Well, or, or what things could they do or what things do they need to watch out for? Like what key strategies do they need to employ in order to make and create a healthier growth for esports in the future? And see, this and, is where the argument of pessimism, optimism, and realism comes into to, to play here. Eternal like, optimist, my friend. So here yeah, we go. Exactly. And that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I am a realist through and through. Okay. I like, I want to be optimistic. I really do. I try to look for the good things like in life as you know a whole mm -hmm. but what it boils down to is that people are selfish we're going to take care of ourselves and it's really hard to uh consolidate and group a very large group of people under the one umbrella of esports community i think we need to help the communities by simplifying processes lowering costs increasing rewards and promoting success yeah. so i think those big I mean, four that's, things that's yeah it's really easy to write lowering, down lowering costs <laughs> i'm not even no, but i'm saying like it, it's just four, there's four very simple concepts that I think that we can hold to as far as what needs to get done in order to not even instate an esports guardian angel or whatever. Yeah. Instead, I'm just saying four paradigms that we should hold up as the pillars of esports community if we want to make it a healthier, better place for other people to come into, right? So if we want to welcome other people into this space and we want to bring them into the space, Simpler, make it easier to understand, simplify the processes, right? Mm -hmm. Lower costs. So I think it's just the amount of money coming into esports now and contributing to the, the lowered costs for potential spectators or, or other people that want to get involved. Increased rewards, which we're seeing through and through, right? Like, I mean, we, we just saw CSGO now at every major, every major event is going to have a million-dollar prize pool. Uh, Halo, you know, succeeded with their rec packs, right? They're making a ton of money on, on the world championship. It's up to uh, $2.5 million. Yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, the, and then it's the highest output of, like, prize pool for an FPS ever. Well, now, now with CSGO's announcement, it may not be though, right? Isn't that the um, there was some kind of contention about like over the course the CSGO of the CSGO thing put out? It was it right after, right oh, after okay. the Halo thing. I was going to say, I, was, I saw the Halo thing like two days ago. So, mm -hmm. like with the three majors in CSGO, it's now total prize pool for the majors is three million over the course okay. of the year. Right. So, so it's, I mean, so the reward it, pool is going three up. Different tournaments. So one, <laughs> one major tournament, the right. the prize pool for it, I think Halo still takes the cake with the two and a half million, which it's is impressive event, for a right? game that everyone said was dead. It's community <laughs> funding. It's it's the it's the community funded events, and you know, yeah. basically taking money away from your your pockets and giving it to the, the prize pool. I mean, that's why Riot doesn't do it. Everybody's like, well, why doesn't Riot do that? It's like they want to keep the money that they're making from skins. Yeah, those two point six billion dollars they got from microtransactions. They're they're gonna keep that that, yeah, uh, not that quiche in that pocket. They ain't gonna give that away. But I mean, and then promoting <laughs> success was the other one that just quickly to tag it on in the end. Uh, discussing people's successes, I think on 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 this show, on websites like esports, maybe you know, David, what you're doing, discussing success, like actually being legitimately excited and discussing somebody like a player success or a team or you know whatever it might be, something that you are excited about that you feel is a big deal that is a success within the esports scene, talking about it and highlighting it so that other people can hear about it and know. Because I think that's that's one of the biggest issues at its core is that nobody really knows what's important and everybody's a pessimist. I believe that there's a large number of pessimists in the space and, and they're not really very willing to get excited about things. Like I'm an excited nerd who told you guys that I couldn't wait for Pokemon to come out tomorrow. And it's like, I'm okay with saying that. I don't care if I get 
ripped apart or someone calls me a nerd or what, like whatever it is, I don't care. Some people are very, very self-conscious and are not willing to put themselves out there in that way. Yeah. But I believe getting excited for success is what drives people to want to do it in the first place. Like having a group of people around you and going, all right, yeah, I'm so excited for you is, is that's that's going to encourage somebody to do a good job. Like me telling you, David, that your videos are awesome and that you're doing a good job probably only encourages you to do more. Like you're not sitting there going, oh, damn it, I shouldn't have wasted my time. You know, it's funny what you said, a lot of the, you know, there are a lot of pessimists in the scene, but what all those crowdfunding things tell me, you know, as I'm thinking about it analytically, is any person who's putting their money into that esport to grow it, is an optimist mm -hmm. for yeah. esports in general, and and oh, yeah. those people are the 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 people that we need to attract, you know, to help grow those four pillars you talked about. You know, there's a lot of people in this community, but there's a lot of people who are also afraid to voice their opinion, but they they're not afraid to buy a case to support something. So that's incredible, right? Like that's actually, I mean, that's that shows to the that speaks to the Patreon model, to the Kickstarter model, to all these different crowdfunding models that are working. And it's really people at their core, something that they a game that they play regularly, they identify with it to a certain extent, and they want to give their money to it so they can support it. It's the same thing with me and Kind of Funny, right? Like, why do I give ten dollars a month to, to Kind of Funny's Patreon? It's not it's not so I can get the YouTube videos early. It's because I want to support them. I don't give a shit about early content. I care about Ben. Chalk one up, one first word up yeah. for me. That's um, two actually. Yeah, oh, you're yeah, what did I do? What did I, I do before? You dropped you shit said, earlier as well. You said BS. You said BS on the air, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> At least I was conscious of that one. <laughs> but I, you know, somebody w being willing to spend money on a pack or do any of these crowd crowdfunding things, I agree with you. It is it is a sign of optimism, but it's it's for things that they self-identify with. So it's it's going to be difficult to grow the scene as a whole. But if all these different micro scenes are doing these things, then It'll, it'll, it's like, you know, the, the water rises, right? Like, I, I guess that's what Ben was talking about. We need to encourage the micro scene so that they can grow, and then the whole scene as a, as a you yeah. know, the, the scene as a whole because will grow. what it boils down to, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, and it's not just magically going to happen between these, you know, communities that already exist. These communities need to continue to grow. These micro communities need to continue to grow to a point to where they're going to overlap and be, you know, I think that newer people coming into the space of esports and uh especially specific genres um do kind of help out with uh like the overlap of an esports community just because someone coming into the scene now especially with like the the coverage that ESPN has and stuff like that they're going to see League of Legends they're going to see you know Dota and uh, uh Call of Duty is one of the most played games like in the world right now not as i'm not talking about like a competitive game or an esport but just as you know in general as a first person shooter like everybody can hop on the sticks and run around and you know make a fool of themselves on call of duty and then they see espn reporting on another first person shooter like counter-strike and that's how that overlap starts they see that and i, th I feel like as David was saying, like ESPN is going to play a huge part in this growing community of esports as a whole, just because they have that outreach, they have um, the way to get all of this information on multiple multiple games, and to you know get these communities really interacting with each other. Just like um, I know when ESPN esports launched initially, uh, they didn't have any. Uh, smash mm -hmm. 
Or they, CSGO. CSGO wasn't on the tab too, right? Wasn't that uh, yeah. one yeah, of the issues? There, there was like a, a big thing about the, the CSGO just because uh, ESPN, they said they didn't want like a, a super violent game or something like that initially. Hold on. Time out really quickly. At the first ever E-League match, I was told by an anonymous source okay. that they could not use the words terrorist, terrorist and, and counter-terrorist. Counter they huh. actually cannot say. Yeah. So they have to say T, they and, have to CT. Say T and CT side. They yeah. cannot say those words mm-hmm. on air as per Turner Broadcasting's like rules. Yeah. So I mean, like that, like that is an example that's, right yeah, that's, there. That's such like yeah. That, that that's that's something that, that might hold Counter Strike back a little bit from. Uh, I don't think it'll hold. I just think it's an example of of, of the the the, the palette that we are trying to appeal to. The, yeah. Like I said, what is professionalism other than appealing to a 50-year-old white man? Like yeah, that's that gr- professionalism is just making that, it okay for You know, I mean, like with, we saw it with like the, the Colin Coward deal and stuff like that. And I, I swear, I, I say I'm never going to bring that guy up. And he always just somehow Here you are. creeps yeah. back into my arguments. <laughs> And I hate the guy more than anything, but just like, just love him, love everybody. I can't man. no. Be like no, the esports yogi. I will not ELE Colin Coward. I will not do it. But uh, no, I mean we, we saw it with him, and you know his like just utter refusal to accept the fact that this is happening. Like this, this is a thing. That's so standard. That's such standard bullshit. Don't give that guy attention. I say don't give that guy attention. As but I do. So if we're gonna pull it all together, because I, I think this this does warrant. Um, a results conversation. So I think if, if there's a way for us to pull together what we've talked about today yep. and and have a conversation next week where we're actually looking for real solutions for this and, and deliver – because we set the stage, I think, pretty well. We've talked about our different opinions. We've talked about some examples that we feel would, would kind of, you know, would be able to help in this in this situation. But there's there's really – I think a lot, a, pl- a lot of planning that needs to be done here, and and kind of a some kind of consensus that needs to be arrived at, so that we're able to move forward as a unit, right? Like even if it's just the three of us, like saying like, okay, <laughs> this is what's important, and this is we're how we grow in. a healthy esports community or a healthy gaming community as a whole. Um, what are your thoughts, David? Well, do you want a teaser for an actual actionable plan? Yeah, absolutely. My now I, I look at you know obviously we watch Twitch all the time right and there's ads on Twitch and what are the it's probably about twenty thirty percent of the ads you see on there are for Hulu Netflix and Amazon Video and I believe a simple actionable plan is do the advertising for that in reverse why not on Netflix and well Netflix doesn't really have commercials but on Hulu and on Amazon why aren't we advertising esporting events why aren't we advertising um, you know, not just the games, but the events that are happening. Especially Amazon. The <laughs> yeah. The owner like, of Twitch. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, they're, they're, I mean, if you think about the demographics for the esports community, you know, they're all on the internet anyway, which means they all have Hulu, they all have Netflix, they all have um, probably Amazon Prime accounts or, or some, you know, level of that. So, to, put those ads on there, you're naturally going to get those other demographics, you know, because if all of a sudden, you know, someone's watching the Mindy Project and they see an advertisement for, you know, the new Pokemon tournament that's going to be, you know, part of uh, Evo's lineup, you know, and maybe the they Mindy like Project, Pokemon. That's, that's where you go with it. Well, hey, I have a girlfriend, and she absolutely loves the Mindy Project. Yeah, my, my wife also so, loves the Mindy oh, Project. Oh, God, you guys, come on. So She loves it, man. <laughs> don't, don't insult. She's probably listening come right now. Go ahead, corner her out. Yeah. Julia, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if the commercial pops up there, and 
you know, who knows? Maybe they'll they'll uh, Google it after the episode or after their marathon of seven episodes. Who knows? So, yeah. but uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where look taking those small opportunities, and we all also remember we don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know. We, people have been advertising and doing a successful job in many different demographics, and esports just is the new scene. Mm -hmm. But the concepts and the methods we can easily transpose from those other um, uh, successful endeavors yes. into esports to hit those other demographics. Absolutely, I think one of the one of the big things about like putting advertising on Hulu and and, and things like that for esports is that these companies don't have. Uh, like a stake in this besides Amazon. I think Amazon would be brilliant and I think they're definitely missing out because they own Twitch. But <laughs> uh, speaking of like seeing these advertisements and things like that on Hulu before I upgraded my Hulu uh, to no longer be a peasant and be interrupted by uh, commercials while I'm trying to watch the flash from my phone. But um, <laughs> if uh, you watch uh, a CW show, some of their ads are actually for the Mortal Kombat special that they are doing on yeah. the CW. Mm -hmm. And, like, they really are pushing it. I, when I was watching, uh, we for whatever reason, Comcast, when you uh, watch On Demand, you still get commercials from these, like, you know, from these networks and things like that. And... A lot of these commercials and advertisements were for this Mortal Kombat special that they're doing, like this this season long run of you know, hey, it's going to be on our website for this, and then it's going to be a huge live finale for this. So and, are they actually continuing from their big hour long episode they just had? Uh, I think they're supposed to do another uh, live thing for the championship. Am I am I right? That's the way well, they showed the ESL championship already, so uh, that's well, why it may be I, over with. Then I, I don't okay. Know. Because yeah. that's what they showed on TV was the actual championship. I'm not a huge fan of the fighting games. That that's more of Patrick's area when it comes to like his fandom. Um, <laughs> like he's he's a huge fan of the Evo, and I watch it because I because there's easy to understand, uh, like the I don't know overall viewing of it, but it's not something that like I super like dive into and follow. Well, it's easy to get hyped about. That's it's yeah, like the most. I mean, scene. like when uh, what was it? The last Evo with uh, the Street Fighter Four. I've never been so hyped in my life watching that. It was insane. <laughs> but... I'm telling you right now, the the, the Mango uh, Armada matchup that uh, was it. Oh, the, uh, like the Beast. Uh, no, 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 not Beast. That was oh. that was Leffen, uh, The one before that, but it was. I've never seen. Uh, the crowd was jumping up and down, like hugging each other. Like I had just never seen something like that on stream before. Like is that the one with Mango just, one? Uh, no, Armada one. But uh, when was this? Wasn't this recent? It was. No, that was uh, Leffen beat or Armada beat Leffen in B six, and then the one before that. I forget what the tournament was. Yeah, There's too many names. Mango lost in the finals, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, to Armada. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. But it was just everybody was geeking like real hard, and like he took it to uh, like a second series, and but it just it, to see people get that excited is is for me what what esports is right like just the those like again like those 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 touchstone moments of just overwhelming joy where like the hair is standing up in the back of your neck and you've got like a semi boner and it's just everything <laughs> is just awesome like it's just like the whole world is on fire and and you can dance around and and act like a fool and no one's going to judge you cuz everybody else is doing it too and you have this community around you that supports you in your actions and and responds to you and and gives you this authentic feedback that you really can't get anywhere else no. so i mean esports right like please it's a beautiful thing honestly. find something that you 
find to be interesting because it only helps the scene as a whole. Like if you find uh, speed running to be so very, very cool, then get into it. Like there's get, getting into these things and I believe like studying and researching them and appreciating them and understanding the context is, is what, 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 what opens the door, right? Like that's what allows for simplicity in my opinion uh, is, is the onus is on you to do the research and to explore the community and find out what's going on. Um, right. And I think the three of us here are sitting here saying, well, shit, can't we help people do that more? Like, you know, David, you said you like Thorn videos. Well, you know, like we talked about, you take the Thorn video and you, you readapt it to a, a five-minute thing so you don't have to make him palatable for your friend. You can just make your own version of that and give that to your friend because you feel that you can you can speak about this thing in a more palatable way than, than, than the red-bearded uh, frenzy fellow can. I was trying to come up <laughs> with some kind of like nickname. It didn't work out very well. So anyway... What can we do over the next week in order to set the stage for this kind of part two, I guess, of the conversation? Um, in my opinion, try your best to understand a couple of different esports scenes right. and identify if there are esports guardian angels in each one of these scenes and, and maybe who they would be, but more importantly, what criteria they fit in order to be that person. So. Um, and maybe it's not, maybe the, maybe the criteria for the eSports Guardian Angel ends up being a total flop and you say to yourself, well, you know what, I really think that instead of a singular individual, these are just the paradigms that we need to uphold. And, and you know, the different uh, pillars that I discussed, maybe there's other ones or maybe there's better things that exist in the space. So, I mean, really g give it some thought and I, I encourage the entire community to do this. How do other communities build healthy environments for growth and how do we as the esports community do the same thing. So how do we replicate that? We don't need to reinvent the wheel, like David has said. So what do we need to do in order to continue to positively grow? Um, do you guys have any kind of like little like little tastes uh, that, that I've made you think of where it's like, well, this I think this might be. <clears throat> hmm. Like a like a little chicken nugget. The, the like only one thing I can nugget. think of when, when we look at like a um, a community like the the NBA or uh, college basketball like fandom. I guess, because when we were talking about ESPN, it kind of made me think of this. Uh, the reason that the people are so passionate about these things are because they're passionate about their teams. Like, the reason I like college basketball so much is because I'm passionate about West Virginia basketball. Right. And the reason I like college football so much is because I'm passionate about West Virginia football. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that what it comes down to is finding something in a scene that you really like and that you can identify with. Uh because that's what's going to bring you closer and make you want to watch that scene so much more like that. That's what gets you into it. I mean, we, I really got into competitive call of duty as a spectator because of us playing with envious mm -hmm. back in the day. I mean, right. that's, you know, that's how I got it. Or when I was good enough in MLG and halo three to play against Nated and, uh, got absolutely pooped on in a game <laughs> <laughs> that I will never, ever, ever forget. and uh, But like, I bet you enjoyed it. No, it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. I, I, could, I could tell you stories and nightmares that I still have about it. But, uh, <laughs> you just woke up in the middle of the night last night just screaming just, just in sweat. Screaming, Not the poop again. But, uh, <laughs> in my face. But, uh, it's all over <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like that, that's you identify and you become passionate. I think mm -hmm. that's, that's what happens. So do you have any do you have any final I mean I think that's great yeah. advice Ben and I, I think we'll expand on it next week. What about you David do you have any 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 other little tidbits for us here? My final thought is you know I I think one of the 
a more unique way to grow the community and as far as to start is giving the community opportunities to participate and the, the a big example I think of from you know from the the real athletic sports side is Doritos and their contest to create commercials to be in the Super Bowl and various things like I mean that's what they've done for the last many you know many few many few years to where they allowed anyone to create content and participate and be voted on you know to be put in these things and I think you know with the various esports events going forward i think there's a lot of opportunity to have fan created content and then to be highlighted at these main events whether it's a commercial whether it's a an exposé whether it's fan art you know there there's lots of opportunity and honestly riot does a good <coughs> job at that i'll give them credit for that on their um splash page they have tons of fan made stuff all the time mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. Giving opportunities for your community to participate and come out of their their shells a little bit will bring more people around because if if they end up getting a video that's on the spotlight, they're going to share it even more and that word of mouth is going to keep spreading and spreading and more yeah. people are going to want to participate. That's a really good piece of advice. I like that a lot. So I those I think those are really great jumping off points. You know, find something that you're you're passionate about, like you directly are passionate about that you want to really get into, and and start there. Uh, and then, you know, <laughs> allow for the community to participate, give them opportunities to do so. I think the Doritos is a really good example of that. Um, as, as a final thought for myself, I think maybe to give those of you who are into just one specific eSport a little bit more appreciation for all the others. Uh, games are all the same. There are a few elements that are different about them, but they're effectively the same. And most of them are just puzzles. So if you find one thing to be interesting, say you really like Call of Duty, I promise you that you will find another game to be interesting simply because you like Call of Duty. The idea of, of it being a video game allows for it to be close enough to something else that is also a video game. Like there's Which no is why video I game I is genuinely is, enjoy Counter Strike. Right, me too. And that's I've been I've been actually trying to play Counter Strike recently, and I'm just oh. so everybody knows I'm really bad with mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I, I can't like I just I'm not good. Oh, I, I hate controllers. So, so I mean, <laughs> so you understand the de- the dichotomy, right? Like that yeah. there's there's such difficulty from yeah. one to the next. Uh, but video games are the same. So if you like one video game, chances are you'll probably like like another one. The thing that 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 is the underlying kind of component here is is competition, right? Like that's I think we talked about this a couple different times, but. If you like to compete and you like the idea of competition and you miss playing soccer when you were a kid or you used to play like, you know, high school hockey or whatever it is, like now is your chance to compete again as as an adult and you can do it in a variety of different spaces and in a variety of different contexts and ways, but it's just it's all just video games. So if you like video games and you like the idea of competition, I promise you will like esports. All you have to do is give it a chance and watch something different. So if, if you're really into Call of Duty, watch Counter-Strike. Or if you're really into Call of Duty, maybe watch Dota. Maybe that will be interesting to you. You never know. Um, so don't judge something, like don't judge a book by its cover, I guess here is, 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 is kind of the lesson to take away uh, because all video games are the same and I promise you will like esports uh, if, you, if you find any video game interesting, esports as a concept is just video games with a little bit of competition kind of put on the top of it, right? Like the competition spice. competition sprinkles. <laughs> like some dander just like dusted all over it. So it's, it's, it's been an hour. Uh, and my promise to you, the listener and the viewer, is that we will keep it within this time frame so that you can listen to the whole episode on your way to work or to and from work or whatever it is that you might be doing uh, and, and have us along with you for the ride. But we don't want to overstay our welcome. You know, we are the sports review, after all. 
But next week, we will be back at the same time, same place. Dave, will, we, will you be able to join us or do you not know yet? Uh, I should be able to. I'll, I'll be free that morning. So You should be able to join us, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll have, we'll have uh, the three talking heads returning to the, the digital desk of, of the eSports review next week. Um, thank you all for listening. This, this episode was about building positive gaming communities. Uh, next week we're going to talk about the results of this discussion and ways that we can actually employ uh, some of the things that we've discussed. So I'll try to come up with a better, a better, a better uh, title before next week's episode. But uh, thank you very much, David, for, for, for joining us. It's my you, pleasure. You, you must follow him at Bowman Shuda. You must also go to his, his YouTube channel, which is Esports Meditation, right? No, with no uh, S. No, it's actually just Bowman Shuda as well. Oh, so. well, well then. But look up <laughs> Esports Meditation. You've got the Esports Meditation series, right? That's uh, yep. something I highly encourage everybody to check out. Yep. Uh, awesome. Especially those of you that are listening, you know, you might have to actually go on the internet and type it in, which is totally fine. Thank you, Ben, <laughs> for being the best beard in the business, um, a wonderful co-host, and um, I, I've noticed, Ben, that, that you're looking quite tight. Hey, thank you. <laughs> very tight, I'm trying to be. <laughs> I'm trying to get the accent down. I think it just takes practice. Yeah. Uh, and I am your host, Patrick Ryan. Make sure to follow us at Esports Maybe. Check us out on esportsmaybe.com. And... Oh, come on in next week and join us so that you can join this conversation again. Because, you know, on Twitch, it's where we actually get to interact with you and, and take your comments and concerns and, and kind of verbalize them on the podcast so that you can be famous and participate, just like Bowman said, right? So, you know, if you want to be like a Doritos commercial guy for the Super Bowl, but except you want to be in the Esports Review, just write in the comments and we'll kind of get you in there. Like Imagine That did. So my friend Mark uh, pops up in chat every once in a while. Um, and he's let Ben know that no one watches the CW. So thank you, Mark, for your contributions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Makes me sad. <laughs> and I this like has been <laughs> – sorry, Ben, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's all right. I like CW shows. I, I like them. So. Well, there you go. So you two are on the same team. Yeah. I've tried to watch The Flash, and I just can't. Anyway, so this is episode number six <laughs> of the Esports Review. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for being here. Uh, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful Friday. Take care. Thank you. Oh.